Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily Bureau Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good start to your week this week. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, we came back to a better market today. You know, last Thursday, we're going to cover a few important uh, uh, areas today. We're going to start with Thursday. Last Thursday was important. That big, matter of fact, huge 1,500-point reversal uh, in the Dow Jones. That looked very much like capitulation on the CPI data. We're going to cover that briefly. We're going to talk about the analytics. And they're just – it really is – I've never seen in my career – I, I probably said that a few times, right? But I've never seen any, I don't remember seeing a time in my career where the analytics had been this unbelievably bullish lining up as we head into, again, uh, election year. We head into what is now going to be a very, very, very not, do nothing Washington, D.C. after the midterms. Uh, the markets love gridlock, folks, and love gridlock in D.C. Uh, and uh, also going to talk about, again, the latest poll today now showing that midterms are going to the Republicans, both for the House and for the Senate. And I also want to talk today about this. Um, this is pretty remarkable, I think. Matter of fact, let's start here. Did you see the latest today from Bank of America? They do really good macro work uh, around uh, their, their money managers they work with. They have a stable of about 300 money managers. Uh, that they poll, and they poll them every month. It's very similar to the work. It's, I say it's similar. It is similar in, in, in a way uh, to the work that uh, Ed Hyman does at Evercore when they do their polls. Bank of America does great polling work as well. And they do it, the, the, again, about 300 money managers that are in their stable globally. And what they found is this. The app, Check this out. <clears throat> This is right among Bank of America, the global money managers, and their customers. They're finding that the average FICO score for consumer credit cards is 770. That's for credit cards. The average FICO score is 770. For auto loans, the average FICO score is 789. I mean, these are almost perfect numbers, folks. These are almost perfect numbers. The average FICO score for new mortgages is 768. And the average FICO score in home equity lines is 792. Um, I mean, I know these scores differ from, you know, one, one, one point to another, but I mean, these are near perfect scores. And people are talking about we're already in a recession, how brutal things are going to be, how horrible the economy is. Look, I'm not saying the economy is in good shape. We have an idiot that was installed as our president. And all he's done is intentionally work to destroy all the great things that Donald Trump did. What I am saying, though, is that we've never entered a rough economic period before where credit scores were this high. I can tell you we've done a lot of work in this area on housing and certainly in our new book, The Big Bribe, about just how great the consumer is when it comes to their mortgages compared to where we were in the housing industry Compared to 2008, I'll just repeat it for you briefly. Again, we saw it right here. The average credit score has never been higher for homeowners. It's just never been higher, period. The average FICO score, uh, excuse me, the average uh, home equity line of credit, uh, excuse me, the average, uh, the, the amount of equity of, uh, in a home has never been higher. And late payments were in the 80th, percent, 80th best percentile for late payments and for defaults. So, yeah, these numbers are ticking up a little bit, but that's to be expected. Look at the destruction that's taking place, right? But I think what we've got here for today from Bank of America is, uh, uh, is confirmation of what we've covered in, in, in our book, The Big Bribe. 
and what we talk about here often, that this is not 2008, folks. It's just not. It's not 2008. So those that are saying we're going to go into the markets are discounting a, a, a crash that's coming, who knows, maybe. This is the month for crashes. Uh, the market's discounting was going to be an epically horrible recession. I, we're just not seeing it. We're just not seeing it. Doesn't mean we won't, but we are not seeing that. And I believe it's irresponsible for those that are out there saying that we are going to have it. That's guesswork. What we see in front of us is a strong consumer. What we see in front of us is a very strong economy still. And what we see in front of us is a, a corporate America that has rarely been in better shape. Low debt, right? Uh, lots of room, lots of room to add debt should they need to. Corporate balance sheets are in fantastic shape. They just are. Very supportive of a stock market we think that should head higher. Let's talk about that today because, again, I wanted to spend a couple minutes to go with you through you with this because we're just not hearing this in the mainstream media. You know, in the financial mainstream media, they're just not covering it. And, and I, I'll be candid with you. We're not hearing this at all uh, through the uh, through the MAGA community. And I, look, I, I am MAGA all the way, but I'm also uh, – I like to report the truth. And the truth of it is Trump left us with the Trump economic miracle – and his America First agenda. Trump left us with a very strong economy. He just did. And that's still in place. And, and Biden has not been able to tear down so many pillars of, of Trump's America First agenda and his, and his policy that is still with us. Again, he built this to withstand, to last for a generation, I mean, for, for a decade, uh, Trump did. And right now, it's still very much present. We're seeing it in the mortgage industry. We're certainly seeing it. And these average FICO scores for, for car loans, for home equity lines, and for uh, new mortgages as well, right? Okay, uh, as I said earlier, last Thursday, we saw, let's, let's cover the markets first. Again, big day today, uh, continuation of what we saw on Thursday with that, that big capitulation on the CPI data. The Dow Jones today finishing up 550 points. That was our loser on the day, up 550. That's up 1.9%. Our winner on the day was boy, pretty much what you want to see right here, folks. NASDAQ, up 3.4%, up a mass of 354 points. Very good to see. Uh, in second place was the uh, Russell 2000, which, by the way, small caps are the only index not to break to a lower low. I'm going to cover this tomorrow uh, for, our, for our members in a, in a VRA letter because what's happening in small caps is very interesting. They never broke to new lows. They're putting in a pattern of higher lows. It's extraordinarily bullish. And again, today... Russ 2000, small caps, up 3.2%. Big move higher, up 53 points. And finally, SP 500, up uh, again, another very solid 2.6%. Also, just as a note, you know, we follow semiconductors here very, very carefully and closely. They lead in both directions. Semis today had a very good day, up 2.7%, but they've just been annihilated. Just been annihilated. The news has been, I don't know, you couldn't get hardly much worse than what we've seen for semiconductors uh, in, the, uh, in, in the destruction column. You know, losses of 40, 50, 60 percent in the biggest names in the chip. Uh, uh, but, but so much of this now is coming back to the U.S. as far as uh, 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 chip manufacturing. Uh, a lot of big announcements like of that in the last week or two. And I think long term, it's very, very good news. Again, chips today, semiconductors, SMH there up 2.7 percent. We want to see more of that. Last Thursday. And this is some of the data we really want to share with you today because, again, we're starting to see, and the Stock Traders Almanac put out some very good uh, work on this over the weekend, 
that they believe the bear market is ending. We're very, very close based on seasonality. Again, Dr. Zalmanak does phenomenal work and have for a very long time. They believe we're coming up to very close uh, uh, late October, early November, maybe now, to the end of the bear market because October is known as the bear market killer. And the best six months since 1950 are the six months following the midterms, where the markets have been higher 18 out of 18 times. We've covered this with you here pretty often. Okay, I'll just tell you what I believe to be the most powerful piece of, of analytics or metrics that I've seen in my career. It's something we focused on here for a while with you since 1952. Now, just, just this is where you want to, you really want to hone in and listen to your listening skills, folks. This is pretty big, I think. And I think the destruction we've had in this market has flushed everybody out. Again, three bear markets in four years, but this is where it matters. Since 1952, the average move higher in the SP 100 from the midterm lows, right? From the midterm lows to one year later has been 32%. That's the average move. 32% higher with stocks higher one year later, 18 out of 18 times. Again, we're seeing a lot of data like this. When you, when you add this up, combine this with the fact that we know the markets love gridlock in D.C. We had a new poll today, uh, by the way, from the New York Times, okay? New York Times and Siena uh, did, a, did a, the latest uh, polling and showed that Republicans are winning solidly uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the who do you like more column between Republicans and Democrats. And you saw some really big changes. Uh, in the uh, in, in, in voting, a percentage of Hispanics and percentage of blacks that, that intend to vote Republican are now like at near record highs. By the way, they're almost double the rate they're at when Obama lost in the uh, in the 2010 midterms when he got uh, wiped out following uh, his introduction, of course, of Obamacare. The midterms of 2010 were horrible. Obama lost, I believe it was 63 seats in uh, in, in 2010. And we're seeing better polling for the Republicans now than we saw in 2010. So, folks, we're talking about taking the House back, taking the Senate back. Uh, that means Joe Biden will be even more of a lame duck president than he is today. And again, the, the markets rarely do better than they do when we have gridlock in a divided D.C. where the presidency is controlled by one party and the House and Senate are controlled by another Nothing gets done. The markets love that. It's called DC gridlock, and it's one of the most positive times to be an investor. So again, all this destruction has happened, right? The consumer's hanging in there. Corporate America's hanging in there. All these credit scores are showing that the consumer's in pretty good shape. They haven't levered up yet, nor has corporate America. And we've got these analytics that are, that are, uh, that are, that are pointing to a big move higher. And finally, Another uh, big point from a Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Cash levels are at all-time highs for money markets and mutual funds. As a contrarian, that's a buy signal. In addition, portfolio uh, money managers have record low levels of stock on the balance sheet, equity holdings. Again, as a contrarian, that's a huge buy signal. And again, last Thursday, we saw that epic bullish engulfing candle pattern for the S&P 500, which tells us it's just, these are rare. The, the level that that happened with the 1,500-point reversal of the Dow Jones, very, very rare. And now today, we got confirmation, and I'll go into this now with our internals. Folks, this matters. Today, 92% up volume day on NYSE. I believe that is a bullish thrust 
that confer possibly confirms the action from Thursday and that big reversal we saw on Thursday. Also, NYC today, 5 to 1, advanced decline. Very positive there. Same thing with uh, NASDAQ. Again, 85% of volume day NASDAQ with 3 to 1 positive, advanced decline. Uh, the only negative uh, in the internals today is we had uh, 113 stocks at a new 52 week high to 328 hit a new 52 week low. But those are phenomenally good numbers compared to what we've, we've been seeing. So that's, that's, that's okay. And our sector watch today. All 11, again, very good news here. All 11 S 500 sectors finished higher in the day, led by consumer discretionary at 4.2%, real estate up 3.9%, and communication services also up 3.3%. Again, all 11 sectors finished higher in the day. And our commodity watch today, uh, good but not great day. Gold got off the ground today. At the open today, it was up almost $20 an ounce, finishing up $740 an ounce at $16.56 an ounce. Silver up 3.3% today, up 53 cents an ounce at 18.60 an ounce. Copper today, uh, essentially flat. We're going to call it down a penny flat at 3.41 a pound. And crude oil up 7 cents a barrel at 84.72 a barrel. Finally, today, Bitcoin, which has just refused to be a hit below 19,000. Really remarkable how boring Bitcoin's gotten. I think a never short of, uh, never short a, never short a, a, a bull market, right? What's happening in Bitcoin, this basing action over 18, 19,000 in this range could prove to be very, very interesting and bullish. Remember, Bitcoin used to lead uh, the markets in both directions. We'll see that's happening here today. Bitcoin, 19,525, up $180 a Bitcoin. All right, folks, always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.